Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. There's my co-host for the day. Don't worry, you're not going to have to hear from him, although he's a welcome guest. (laughs) Um, Either way, I appreciate you guys uh, hanging out on this Thursday morning, despite probably not being real happy with what happened in the Texas Bowl. Ole Miss kind of gets smoked by Texas Tech, and there's a lot to unpack with this one. Obviously, that's what we're talking about today, what happened last night how Lane Kiffin needs to approach his job moving forward, staff changes, stuff like that, all coming your way right here again on the Rebel Report. My name is Michael Borky. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky. Follow, like, and subscribe. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, if you're listening in browser, stop doing that. Just pull out your favorite podcast app. I recommend Spotify myself. Search Rebel Report, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. If you don't, just uh, shoot me a DM and criticize me there. I know one of you in particular, uh, which I I say wrong things all the time, right? It's just kind of part of the deal. If you talk about sports for three hours a day and then do a podcast and a live stream on top of that, you're going to be wrong sometimes. I am wrong often, as it turns out. That's okay. I appreciate you guys listening to me anyway. I do say something uh, coming up where I say that Ole Miss's schedule next year is tougher because they lose Vanderbilt and add Georgia. I meant Kentucky. So save that DM. I know you're going to send it, my friend, because you like to correct me, but I appreciate you listening nonetheless. I really do. Uh, The feedback is always appreciated. If you want to give me some, it's fine. Uh, Find me on Twitter at Michael Borky. My DMs are open. I am welcome to you know just talk sports with you if you want, or you know get some feedback or criticism or whatever the case may be. Some of you take advantage of that, and I appreciate you. But if you ever feel the need to, to talk back, if you will, that's a, that's a good place to do it. I will answer them. I do read them. I will answer them. So uh, find me there. This podcast, before we get into the reaction of the game, is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you're in the market for office technology and you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, absms.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems started started in Jackson, but they service the entire state. So if you and your business are looking for copiers and printers, mail machines or cloud storage, data security, IT projects, technology in the office, absms.com. We tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. You tell them what you need, what your budget is. They will perform an assessment on me for you. This podcast is also brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. It's the best place in the state to get your meat. They've also, during the regular work week, got daily lunch specials. During the lunch hour, Monday through Friday, if you don't feel like doing the cooking, they'll do it for you. And guys, it is so, so good. I know you're going to be cooking for the New Year's. At least you should be. Uh, what, what is it? Cabbage and and uh, pork and black-eyed peas. At least that's what we did growing up. And that's what we still do uh, in my house today. But either way. You're going to want to, if you're cooking with meat, you're going to want to get it from LB's. They're big supporters of Ole Miss sports there as well. Go by and see Greg and tell him I sent you. He will hook you up at LB's just across from Kroger on University in Oxford. So here is the post-game reaction show uh, live stream uh, from just a little bit ago. So there's some Q&A in there, but extended thoughts about Kiffin and how he needs to approach the job moving forward and things like that. That is coming to you right now. Uh, so stick around. Here's 
some reaction to Ole Miss losing the Texas Bowl. Good morning, everybody. Early start. Unusual time. That's okay. Did not feel like staying up until 1 or 2 a.m. to talk about this game when I can just do it in the morning. So I appreciate you guys hanging out again early. Maybe a work day for some of you. Maybe less of you just because of the time of day. But that's okay. We've got a football game to talk about. Not a pretty one for Ole Miss. Not anywhere close to a pretty one for Ole Miss. A lot of, uh, a lot of things to take away from that game. Very few of them good. So let's talk about it. Glad that, uh, again, glad that you guys are with me. However, many of you actually come this early in the morning. Just a heads up, my uh, my co-host. Uh, my co-host might make an appearance. There's, uh, I cannot lock this door. So he might uh, he might just show up and that's okay. Uh, he's a welcome addition of, uh, of course. So uh, just be prepared for that. So, uh, I, I might get a co-host here in a little bit, but. We'll talk for uh, 30, 45 minutes or so, however long uh, we can, about last night, Texas Bowl. Ole Miss kind of got smoked last night by Texas Tech. The uh, offensive stats are pretty comparable between the two teams, if we're being completely honest, but you guys watch the game. You know what happened. Uh, Ole Miss physically dominated up front. Fourth down decision-making was uh head scratching at times and more so my name is michael borky i really appreciate you guys hanging out this morning don't forget to subscribe uh, to this channel uh if you're a state fan yes this is going to be all Ole miss this morning but uh we'll do a recap on monday night so the uh outback bowl slash ReliaQuest bowl is uh, i'm gonna call it the outback bowl forever so just forgive me for that uh starts at 11 right and the second that game ends, our radio show starts. So I can't do immediately after the game. So that'll be Monday night recapping State's Bowl game. But for now, obviously talking about Ole Miss. Good morning, Luke. Glad to see you. Good morning, Jay Robertson. Appreciate you hanging out. Saints fan 04 said, do I expect coaching changes to be made soon? That was not a $9 million show last night. Yeah, Lane Kiffin after the game said as much. I mean, straight up said that they're going to make staff changes. Um, they have to make a good bit. Honestly, I, I think that you can expect to see multiple uh, staff changes. It's, you know, Mike Gundy ranted about it uh, two days ago. I thought it was really bad form on his part, the way he treated the reporter. Uh, but there is some, some truth to what he's saying that these are guys with families and they're going to be out of a job probably as early as today. And uh, that sucks. That really sucks. But it's the nature of the business. They get paid a hell of a lot more than most of us do all of us do probably and it's just part of the deal so yes staff changes are coming for uh, for old miss for sure uh, multiple of them uh, no doubt jay robertson says watching from the houston airport ugly game i was shocked at how big of a crowd was there yeah texas tech man they they really wanted to be there um it, new coach first year won what three games at the end of the season including finishing with a win over oklahoma um but but I'm and you're not saying this at all. I am not putting words in your mouth. At least I hope you don't think I am. Uh, that is not something that I will entertain today, though. Is well, Texas Tech wanted to be there. Ole Miss didn't. That's a bad excuse to me. I, I don't. I don't subscribe to that at all. In fact, I thought it was going into the game. It would have been important for Ole Miss to to show up and play well, and they did not. So uh, I think that matters. Uh, the the fact that they didn't play well in isolation in a vacuum. 
not winning the Texas Bowl doesn't make or break anything with your program, but that being your fifth loss in your last six games is a problem. And it was emblematic of, of an issue, a big issue uh, within the program, a correctable one. But last night in a vacuum, okay, sure, you lost the Texas Bowl. Worse things have happened. But when you look like that after losing the Egg Bowl, getting smoked by Arkansas, all the Auburn stuff, it just a, a, comp- a compilation of crap, really, to end the season for Ole Miss. Um, Luke says, just let the little man on all the time. He can come and go as he pleases, like Richard Cross. <laughs> oh, Luke, I don't know if you were able to listen yesterday or not, but we got we got 45 minutes of Richard yesterday to three-hour show. So <laughs> Now, he worked all night last night. I did not. I sat on the couch with a weighted blanket. So, you know, I can't make fun of him too much, right? But still. Eddie says, uh, we truly sucked. Really, truly sucked. It was a hard thing to watch. It was terrible to watch. Austin says, good morning, brother. She is Christian. What kind of message does it send to your defense when you make your offense go for it from your own nine-yard line? That That's something that stands out to me from last night. And if you guys have listened to me long enough, you know that I am pro-aggressiveness on fourth down. I think it's I think the analytics, generally speaking, are sound. I I think if you're playing to win the game, going forward on fourth down as opposed to settling for field goals makes sense. Like I I support, generally speaking, going for it more aggressively on fourth down. I I like the idea. I I like coaching to win. I like coaching with with guts, if you will. I thought last night was reckless uh, with, with the fourth down decisions, especially when it looked like like things were predictable as well. Texas Tech was controlling the line of scrimmage and, and your fourth down play calls were just handed off again and let them dominate you time and time and time again. And then the fake punt, Kiffin said after the game that uh, the special teams coach wanted to run it. He didn't, but kind of let it happen. And that's, uh, I'm paraphrasing. That was a bad paraphrasing of what he said. But essentially it was, I didn't want to, but he did. So we ran it and I, uh, you're the head coach. Everything goes through your headset, too. I thought that was a bad excuse, truthfully. Um, so fourth down decisions last night for Ole Miss, I thought were reckless. Uh, the defense played well, relatively speaking, when given a full field uh, to operate. It, it just constantly setting yourself back. So... That wasn't the only thing wrong. I actually said something that I I wish I hadn't on Twitter last night when I said at halftime, the reason why Ole Miss was down in a whole, what was it, 26 to 7 was because fourth down decisions. That that was a a, a very oversimplification. Uh, But I think that making those kind of decisions, kind of constantly shooting yourself in the foot is – Worse than course of game type stuff. I think bad fourth down decisions is worse than a turnover. Bad fourth down decisions is worse than uh, a fumble or a missed tackle. It's making the active decision to set yourself and your defense back in a bad position repeatedly, time and time again in the first half of a game that was still, there's my co-host, by the way, uh, kicking around some blocks. But anyway, glad to... Hey, buddy. Come here. Come here. You want to say hi? Hi. Say good morning. Good morning. That's right. That's right. Look at at his hair. Look at this. He's just got a mop up here. So, yeah, I think that um, 
that was an oversimplification of a large problem last night. Uh, offensive line was bad. Dart had turnovers. Uh, played tough as can be, but he turned the football over. Uh, but when you choose to set yourself back like that, I thought it was a, a little bit reckless. And, and that, to me, weighs more than offensive line struggling or a turnover because you're choosing to do that. You don't choose to turn the football over, right? You don't choose to miss a block. You don't choose to miss a tackle. You choose to constantly set your defense back with predictable and easily stopped fourth down decisions and a bad uh, fake punt as well. Roberts says Ole Miss looked rushed all game. Chase says, seeing the stat line doesn't tell the story of the game. Yes, the four turnovers and fourth downs were bad, but the story is that Texas Tech ate Ole Miss's lunch on the offensive line for four hours. Absolutely, and that's coming off of, of an Egg Bowl where Mississippi State's defensive front had 15 tackles for loss, only two sacks. So 13 run tackles for loss for Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, and you followed up with that. But Chase, I, I know you've been with me all season. And so you know that I've talked about this. I've been talking about offensive line play since week one. Seriously. And, and you remember that. I know you do because because you you remember everything we say. You're a smart guy. You know that I've been talking about that for quite some time. It, it, even after the Tulsa game. You guys remember that? Ole Miss scored a bunch of uh, points in the Tulsa game, but I sat here with you and said, something's not right with the offensive line. They're getting bailed out because their quarterback is athletic enough to get out of the pocket, and they're getting bailed out by really good running backs. Something's wrong up front on the offensive line. And last night, they got flat out dominated up front by a team that shouldn't dominate you up front. You guys are seeing why Thornton was, which by the way, I don't know who, uh, that covers Auburn reported what Auburn fans were saying to me on Twitter last night. I don't know who reported that, but um, he was not going to return to Ole Miss next year regardless. So the the idea that Kiffin was really upset that that he w- went to Auburn, it's it's not true. He said goodbye to his players after the Egg Bowl. That b- Before anybody knew who was going to be the coach at Auburn, he said bye to his players after the Egg Bowl because he was not going to be retained at Ole Miss, and there's a reason why. Uh, not good enough up front. You, you, you can't do much offensively when you're that dominated up front. It's hard to play quarterback. It's hard to play running back. It's hard to scheme when you are physically owned the way Ole Miss was last night and really towards the end of the season. Tanner says, I think Texas Tech had six possessions that started in Ole Miss territory. Try winning any game like that. That's a, a really good... Good point. I'll actually pull up the drive charts and, and count them for you if you'd like here. So let's see. Uh, Texas Tech started their first drive on their own 38, on their own 20. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. So there's one. There's two. There's three. There's four. There's five. There's six, seven. I count seven. So Texas Tech started drives on Ole Miss's, he's copying me here, on Ole Miss's 27-yard line, on Ole Miss's nine. That was after an interception, which, by the way, receiver stopped his route there. That was that was not on dart, as some people tried to say on Twitter. Uh, people are calling it a bad throw. wasn't a bad throw. Receiver cut off his route uh, incorrectly. Uh, on Ole Miss's 32, on Ole Miss's 37. 
Yes, 37 on Ole Miss's 43. On Ole Miss's 44. How do you expect to win football games like that? That That's why I use the word reckless. Because th- those decisions, I mean, you heard that seven times. Turnovers were a couple. But it's reckless, in my opinion. And, and kind of played yourself out of the game there. Owen Rebel says, hotty toddy from Houston leaving with our tails tucked this morning. No doubt about that. Eddie says, our defense needs to have a total reboot from coaching the scheme, and it feels like we lack any true leadership. And on the O-line, ouch. Chase's offensive line issues and leaving points in the red zone have been a serious issue all season. That's a good recipe for being 2-4 and four against teams with a winning record, one of which is a Sun Belt team. That's, that's another thing, too, Chase. So I think too many people today are – like pointing out one thing that that caused all of this, right? I've seen people blame quarterback play, which I'm not going to entertain stuff like that. If you think Ole Miss's problem, like why they lost five of six and why they lost last night is quarterback play, it's not worth entertaining to me. Is Dart a finished product? Not anywhere close. Is he perfect? Not anywhere close. Is he the best? No, not anywhere close. But for a 19-year-old in his first year in in this system, Behind that offensive line, uh, he played well enough for him to not be the problem. But people are still, they're blaming Dart, or they're blaming defense, or they're blaming offensive line. or they're, and it, But it's just one thing they're focusing on. All of it, in my opinion, though, regardless of what which one you want to choose, I think it's an all-encompassing thing. Um, goes back to one person. And I think now, regardless of how you feel about Lane Kiffin, I think he he's an objectively very good football coach. You don't win, what was it, two conference championships in three years at Florida Atlantic? Uh, two conference championships at Florida Atlantic in three years, I think. You don't win 10 games at Ole Miss, and you don't do that without being an objectively good football coach. Okay, he's a good football coach. But red zone offense, very good point. Why did they lose to Alabama? combination of a lot of things, but the, the glaring stat, the difference between Ole Miss and Alabama in that game was red zone offense. The glaring stat in the Mississippi State game, besides the tackles for loss, 15 of them, uh, was red zone offense. Well, whose shoulder does that lie on? Oh, well, but but they didn't have a tight end. It's hard to score in the red zone when you don't have a tight end. Well, whose fault is that? Who, who How could it possibly be okay that losing one player – destroys your ability to score in the red zone. So now that I'm not doing the whole, you paid $9 million for this thing, because that contract was offered when Ole Miss was ranked in the top 10 and Auburn was coming after him. So I'm not going to criticize that contract because of when it was offered. And it's not, it wasn't for this bowl game anyway. But it's time for, for whatever it's worth, you can choose not to to listen to me or whatever. But I think it's time for fans to start looking at the the root cause of all of this. And I think a lot of it is coaching. Why do they only have one tight end? One functional tight end? Coaching. Why were they bad in the red zone? Coaching. Why were they bad on the offensive line? Maybe you can argue personnel, but coaching has something to do with the personnel on top of I think that they can be better than what they were. Those kind of things uh, need to be talked about more. Um, why 
did the Auburn thing linger for weeks? It's everything points to the top. So I've seen a lot of, I say a lot, I've seen some excuse making. Well, they they don't have this or it it all points to the guy that is now making $9 million a year. And it's all, not all things, a lot of things that are correctable, a lot of things that can change, a lot of things that can be better, but it starts and ends with the guy at the top. And I think now with the investment in the program, with the, as we've talked about before, the complete and total freedom that the administration gives him, the financial investment, the collective, all that, it's it's time for fans to start more heavily scrutinizing the top of their program and expecting more from the top of their program and not d- defending every move that Kiffin makes because they lost five of their last six games. They just went eight and five. The way they ended the season is unacceptable. The way the Auburn thing was handled was unacceptable. Last night was unacceptable. So, you know, again, I think he's a good coach. I don't think that criticizing the contract is appropriate because when it was offered, it was what they had to do. So I'm not, I'm not going to do the hindsight thing with the contract. Keith Carter had to do that in that moment. But now that that is there and you've got a top 10 salary and fans are donating millions and millions and millions of dollars to the collective, um, more scrutiny needs to follow. And, and also, I think, is it optics or or messaging needs to change as well from Lane Kiffin? And maybe he never will. Maybe this is just who he is. But I'll read more of your messages, actually, before we get to that. OM Rebel says, do they ever say what the attendance was? It felt like an away game, easily outnumbered two to one. I assume that Houston is probably the biggest hub of Texas Tech fans. Um, and they were jazzed up to be there. Ole Miss fans were not, as you can imagine. Uh, crowd looked good on TV, though. Cam Reb says, so why in the world wasn't the catch by the Tech receiver on the one not reviewed clear drop? Officiating was an issue last night. It was really, really bad. It's not why Ole Miss lost, but it was it was terrible last night. Just absolutely terrible. Mitchell says it feels like Kiffin on third down tries to get half the yardage instead of the first just so he can go for it on fourth down, becoming very frustrating. Um, they, they do that on purpose. I actually think some of that is, is sound in logic and logic and where they're more willing to run on like third and medium and third and long because, one, they've got two really good running backs, and two, they're more comfortable going for it on fourth down. Uh, so I, I understand the, the logic behind that for sure. It's just when you're getting whooped as bad as they were getting whooped up front, it's hard to run the ball on third and seven and expect positive results when when they were getting beat that bad uh, up front. Chase says, on the coaching questions, why is there a noted difference in your football team after the first 20 plays and the rest of the game? That, that's something that that has to be addressed and, and talked about, I think. And like I was saying before, more scrutiny needs to follow here. The the way the season ended, the way the team looked at times, is simply unacceptable. It is. And too many people are like, well, Charlie Weiss Jr. sucks. Well, who's the offensive coach that is above him? Why does Kiffin get all the credit for the good and Charlie Weiss gets all the blame for the bad? Both should 
should be true, right? If you're going to blame Weiss for all the bad that happened, shouldn't you give him credit for the good? And also the, the same thing applying to to Lane Kiffin. There you go, buddy. Yeah, yo. Did they forget how to use Trig? It, the thing about Trig last night, man, um, one was getting blown up in blocking, but two had a, a long catch negated because he was lined up incorrectly. Uh, it, it appears that he needs a lot of growth uh, if he's going to be an effective player anywhere, if it's Ole Miss or if he decides to transfer again uh, anywhere. It's uh, the, the simple things he doesn't do well. And that's got to improve dramatically. But the thing is, how, how is it that he was the only tight end you have? That's what I keep going back to is when, oh, the red zone offense is bad because, well, they, you know, Michael Trigg was hurt and they had nobody else. Well, whose fault is that? You recruited a high school tight end last night, last year, in last year's recruiting class. Can he really give you nothing? Are, are, are your guys really so unprepared that, that, that you can't even try to play him in spots? What was the point of signing this? You know what I mean? And that goes back to coaching. Well, Ole Miss has no depth. Well, whose fault is that? If Trigg is the only thing that that offense, like without him, the offense can't move, whose fault is uh, is that? That's that's unacceptable. Did Mingo get a single throw last night? He did. He had a actually a, a pretty bad drop last night. Um, they tried that swing pass to him a, a few times, but they've got to get better at wide receiver. But the thing is, this staff hasn't recruited wide receivers well. So when when people criticize the the portal thing, well, they've signed high school wide receivers. None of them can play for them. Mingo wasn't a Kiffin signing. They've signed a handful of them. None of them get on the field. So you're like me on the officiating. It was pretty bad, but didn't make Ole Miss lose the game. They got whipped. Uh, they did. King says, ceiling is 8-4 and four next year with the schedule. It's going to look bad if Auburn has the same record in year one with Freeze. Um, yeah, getting Georgia instead of Vanderbilt is, is not good, but this is what you're paying for, right? This is what you're paying Lane Kiffin for. You get LSU at home. Uh, that helps. You get Texas A&M at home. That helps. In a, in a Arkansas at home, that helps. But this is what you're paying for. You know, if eight and four truly is a ceiling, then then they've kind of got problems. Austin says, "What's crazy is I think that they can be really good next year. However, if they don't fix these mental errors, they'll be all right. They'll be right back here. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they return quarterback, which again." Not the problem. He's not a finished product by any stretch, but the, the talent is evident with Jackson Dart. He's tough as hell. Uh, possibly returning both running backs. You at least get Judkins back. Um, you've already replaced your offensive line coach. You need to get better results there. Um, Watkins and Wade look like capable receivers on top of the, the guys that you've portaled. Uh, you return a bunch of dudes on on defense that have been good for you in spots. The thing is, Austin, I agree with you. They return a lot, and there's they have a chance to be a pretty good football team next year. The, the thing that I can't stop thinking about is, is November, and not just the losing football games, but the, but the messaging, right? Even when things were good, the only feedback that, that fans got from their coach was crowds aren't good. You know what I mean? Crowds aren't good. And then – 
November happened, and the Auburn stuff wouldn't go away. And it's not John Sokolov's fault, okay? He's an easy scapegoat, but he's not why the Kiffin to Auburn stuff was constant. And as I said to you guys many, many times, he could have ended that quickly. Chose not to. I know for a fact that that impacted the team. That players didn't think his response to them was good enough, that they were mad. And people can tell me that that's not true if they want, but but I know for a fact that players were at best frustrated, mad, whatever, with how that whole thing was handled. The media didn't create that. It could have been ended quickly, and it was not. Um, he has got to be more... Is vocal the right word? November, next November can't go down like this one. Can't happen. Uh, Three years in a row now, Ole Miss ended their season wondering if their coach was going to stay. Three years in a row. And this one was especially bad. The team looked distracted. I know the team was frustrated. At least some of them were frustrated with how their coach was addressing them and handling them. It was handled immaturely, if we're being totally honest, with the tweets and all that. Next November can't go like that. You're now getting paid $9 million a year plus with very easily obtained incentives that raise that salary even more. Your assistant salary pool is going up. Your fans are funding your collective to eight figures, tens, 10 plus million dollars in your NIL collective, they have given, Ole Miss has given that guy everything that, that he could, that they could possibly give him to this point. It's time for him to be more forward facing. It's time for, for him to next coaching carousel. When a job comes open and his name comes out, he needs to put it out with the fire extinguishers they bring on the sidelines. That kind of stuff can't happen again. The, the fan base is already fractured and frustrated with how it all happened. The team was as well. He looks non-committed, uh, looks disinterested. His team looked disinterested, and that can't happen again. It's Ole Miss has stepped up. It's time for him to step up as well. It, does that mean anything to a lot of people? Maybe not. Maybe what I'm saying doesn't matter to you fans, but I think it does. Um he didn't have to be super duper rah rah Sam Pittman, you know, put a statue at his lake house or whatever and sign a non compete. But but the messaging coming from the top of the Ole Miss football program has got to change, or else you're going to have frustrated fans and you're going to have a frustrated football team. Next November can't go down like this. It's weird to say, but coaching a major college football program is more than just coaching the games. You've got to do more than that. And because, and, and you can have this, I don't care, this IDGAF attitude and, and be funny on Twitter when you're winning. It's easy for people to look past what happened this November in terms of the Auburn search and how that was handled when you're winning. But eight and five is not winning. And it, it, the way it looked is not acceptable. So the messaging at the top has to change or else the momentum that your collective has is going to be gone. Your team's going to get frustrated. It's going to be harder for you to recruit portal kids. It's going to be used against you in recruiting. It is used against you in recruiting already. It's going to be harder to hire staffs. It, 
it's going to have a ripple effect that's going to end up being damaging to your program. Messaging has got to change at the top or or else you're going to lose people. You can have that attitude if you're winning. When you're not winning, when it looks like this, when you look distracted, when you look unprepared, like you did a couple of times at the end of the season, you're going to have a fan base that will more easily quit on you. So messaging has to change or they have to win a lot of football games right away. Colby says, Dart will be better next year. Maybe take a big jump, Matt did. Yeah, Dart's significantly better than Matt Corral was at this age and experience point. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to insult people, but I think it's it's elementary to blame all, all of Ole Miss's problems on the quarterback and expect Jackson Dart to be a finished product at nineteen. Um, he's not Bryce Young, okay? Bryce Young was very very good at nineteen. Outliers like Johnny Manziel were very very good at a young age. Jackson Dart has a, a lot of growth to do, but the talent is absolutely there. He was behind an offensive line that couldn't protect for him at all couldn't do it um and he still performed well and improved the 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 talent and the ability is there growth needs to happen but that's what you should expect from a 19 year old quarterback The, the the criticism of him i think is is unfounded in reality it's just he's not 2021 matt corral he's raw raw more raw and younger and less experienced, and he's go. He went through some growing pains, but that's the least of Ole Miss's problems. Is Jackson Dart? Speaking of depth, Bama and Georgia just signed ten five stars and like twenty five four star guys. Naturally, I mean that that's kind of how they do it, right? What, what baffles me is even in like blowouts, how few guys Ole Miss plays during the season. They they don't play many guys, and you know, well, they don't have depth. Well, whose fault is that? But but it appears to me like they don't you – know, maybe they just think that you have to – I don't know. I, I don't know why they don't, but they, they don't play many guys. And, and I just – I have a hard time believing that Braylon Brown couldn't get on the field but for a few snaps all season. You know what I mean? And so now you've got issues at wide receiver, and he's in the portal. Maybe he's going to pull his name out. Uh, because apparently a player informed Kiffin last night that he's going to pull his name out of the portal. We'll see who it is. But you really telling me that he can't get on the field at all? Like, like not at all? Even when you're beating teams 42-3? to three, you, you don't... It's a very NFL-like approach, but how can you build depth when you when you don't give these guys game action? I don't know. King Smith says Miles Battle will be missed. Maybe there's a chance he pulls his name out of the portal, but um, made a nice play last night. Do I think it's possible that maybe deep down Lane doesn't want to be at Ole Miss? I think he he thinks that he – two things can be true at once. I think generally speaking, uh, he likes where he is. I think when he talks about Ole Miss positively, he's telling the truth, right? Ole Miss gave him his next big break. They're paying him a crap ton of money. Uh, you know, his daughter's going to school there now, moved to Oxford with him. I think that that all of that is true. But I also think he thinks that he should be at a better place, and he's not. Uh, a job with more resources, stuff like that. But the thing is, there's a reason you're not. 
the way he handled this November is why he has a reputation that he has. That's just the truth. Um, but either way, that's got to change. I mean, you think Nick Saban loves Alabama? I don't think he loves it. I think it's his job. Owes a lot to the place. But how many coaches are at places that they love, like un- unconditionally love, and they want to die coaching on those sidelines? How many guys? Not many, right? They all think that they can do better. Hell, even Ryan Day at Ohio State, people talk about his NFL aspirations, which good luck because he can't outscheme teams with lesser talent than his. How are you going to do that in the NFL? But either way, um, all of these guys think that they can be, not all, most of these, these guys think that they can be at a better place than they're currently at. Remember, Nick Saban tried the NFL, right? Didn't work. Nick Saban almost took the Texas, would have taken the Texas job, but that thing got weird, remember? So, that doesn't stop them, though, from being forward-facing. Like Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer's not going to die on the sidelines of South Carolina. You think if Texas comes open, if Sark doesn't work out, and they call Shane Beamer, he wouldn't want to take that job? Of course he would. The NFL's there as well. But Shane Beamer is so forward-facing for South Carolina football, Right? And and fans buy in and players buy into that. You don't have to be like some cheerleader rah-rah guy, but but listen to Shane Beamer talk about his job and listen to Lane Kiffin talk about his job. While the, all the Auburn stuff was going on, while Ole Miss is renovating their facility, Lane Kiffin's taking a shot at water leaks at, at his own place, taking a shot at his own fans. It, it, it's never, I say never. It is almost never positive. It's like he's constantly complaining. Shane, how often does Shane Beamer complain about South Carolina? And look at the recruiting class they just signed. Messaging matters in college football. It absolutely matters. Shane, maybe Beamer's not the best example. I don't know. I just see other coaches pretend like they love where they're at, and fans buy that crap. It's crap, but fans buy it, and it helps. And Kiffin needs to do some of that because he's, he's going to lose his fan base if this attitude persists. It's going to happen. P. Daddy says, yeah, but is it possible to turn it that quick with new coaches from how poorly it ended this year? Position coaches move all the time. Um, it, it ha- I mean, that, that's kind of the nature of the business. So, yes, it is possible for them to get better starting in 2023 with some staff changes. Absolutely it is. Eddie says, Lane lost the locker room with the whole Auburn issue. He's got to prove he wants to be there, period. Chase says, it's an SEC job and he makes $9 million a year. I think that's the extent of his wanting to be there. I think he's fine there, but it's a little, it's little doubt that he wants bigger and better. And that restlessness has led to losses that is preventing him from getting that next job. If you're an athletic director of say Texas, and let's say Sark goes 6-6 six and six this year, and your people want you to make a change. Is that somebody you want to bring on right now? With how the season ended, how the team played, how they allowed distractions to exist, is that somebody you're bringing on? So that, that attitude, or, or whatever you want to call it, directly leads to you not getting the jobs that you want. 
Any comment given on the broadcast about the two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties? They never showed a replay in the stadium. Mike, nothing happened. Th- th- those were those were terrible, and I guess it didn't impact the the final score or anything. But th- just nothing happened. It was very very weird. Yeah. So it, it um it was in the press conference. So it, it you know. Yeah, I saw that 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 he said that. I'm I'm curious to to know if they had anybody mic'd up. Like if there's anybody close by that was mic'd up. Um I don't I don't know if I want to I don't want to call anybody a liar. Right? But we've heard we've heard that before. And it ended up not being true. So um, I just, I guess it depends on which one it was also, but it, it's, you know, it's a field full of, full of African-American players. I, I highly doubt, and again, gosh, I don't like talking about this. I, I don't like calling people liars, but it, it's, it's hard to imagine that happening, considering the dynamics of the demographics on the field. You know what I mean? Just it doesn't make sense unless it came from a bystander or something. That's all I'll say there. But, you know, the season people have players mic'd up. Maybe there's a chance that they were able to catch it. Because if it happened, it needs to be addressed. No doubt. Um, but in, until until I hear it, you know, I'm going to be skeptical. That's, that's, that's about all I'll say there. So where do they go from here, right? I mean, that's the $9 million question is what happens next. They have to portal well. Uh, they they have to get better on the offensive line. Most especially have to get better on the offensive line. Um, and we'll see if they're able to do that. It's, it's very hard to win um, football games when you're dominated like that in the trenches. So, uh, gone about 39 minutes. If you guys have anything else um, you want to talk about, drop some comments in here. I've got to go uh, here in a little bit. So get some last-minute thoughts in or, uh, or else we, uh, we have got to go. So let me know um, if you got anything else. And then we, um, we'll talk again after State's Bowl game on Monday night. But uh, if you all got anything else, drop it in. I'll wait here for a minute because I know there's a delay. And if not, we will um, – We'll see you Monday. So, interesting offseason coming for uh, for sure. How long will we have to wait on the TV rating for this game? Should find out uh, today. Should find out today. It's probably going to be really good. Bowl games are uh, are really good, generally speaking. It's baseball season, Colby says. Yeah, the... Uh, 
the basketball team's not really going to help bridge the gap, are they? Pretty pathetic offensively. Imagine starting 7-0 and finishing 8-5. and You don't need to imagine it. It happened. It happened. There's no, there's no imagine there. You, uh, you watched it as much as I did. <laughs> so it happened. There's no, uh, there's no denying that. It was fun watching Richard awkwardly insert the microphone in front of the refs during the coin toss. I bet. All right. I hear, uh, I hear somebody uh, upset. So I got to go. Please subscribe while you guys are here. We'll be back Monday to talk about uh, the state game, and uh, then we'll get back to a regular schedule now that the holidays are almost over. Subscribe, like the video. Thank you guys so much. A lot to talk about this offseason, no doubt, with Ole Miss. We'll see uh, how State ends their season here in a couple of days. Thank you guys for joining in the morning, and I'll see you uh, see you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.